0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around.
2: Phil Steele is with us. He is the man who every year puts together the greatest college football preview magazine going and it's go time again. We got to preview all our local teams in the Carolinas with Phil. Phil, it is a pleasure every year, man. How you doing?
3: Hey, I am doing great. How about you, gentlemen? This morning,
2: we're doing good, man. We're ready to read your magazine. We're ready to talk college football. This with is you like first. When, when
4: the ball drops on New Year's and a new year begins. <laughs> when you're on the show, it's like the ball dropping, and you signify college football and New Year's upon us. <laughs> yeah.
3: It is. It is. It's a beautiful thing. I think it. I think it's like sixty-two days away.
2: Oh, Oh, man! man. Oh, I love it. We're getting there. We're getting there. Hey, let's get into this because we want, you know, local fans always want to hear about their team. So let's try to run through, you know, the teams in the Carolinas here one by one. Let's start with the one that'll be the highest ranked, the Clemson Tigers. What do you think there about new quarterback, new OC? What do you think of the Tigers this year?
3: You know, I'm more bullish on Clemson than most of the people. In fact, when the ACC media days come around, Florida State's going to be the favorite to win the ACC, and Florida State is going to be ranked higher than Clemson uh, in the AP poll, but when I look at Clemson this year, you know, I talked to Coach Sweeney and uh, went over the team with him. He told me that on the defensive line, that this group doesn't have the star power of that 2018 group, but it's deeper in talent and experience, and I think it's the best defensive line in the country. I do think Cade Klubnik. They're going to have a great year at the quarterback spot. They've got Shipley and Moffat running back, an improved offensive line. When I look at the schedule, I actually have Clemson favored in all 12 games. So I have Clemson number two in the country and uh, going to the playoff this year, uh, despite the fact they they're probably not going to be in the top five or six of the AP poll at the start of the season. Very bullish on Clemson.
4: Phil Steele with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Phil, NC State, new quarterback at the helm. And and Brendan Armstrong, your thoughts on the pack here in 2023.
3: Yeah, let's hope it turns out like it was the last time that uh, Brendan Armstrong got together with Robert and as the offensive coordinator. They put up 514 yards per game at Virginia, and now they're they're both doing it. Remember last year with NC State, they lost their starting quarterback for the majority of the season. They had four different quarterbacks start last year, and yet still had a, a very solid season at 8-5. Uh, and five. Uh, This year, the defense, very good. They've got the number 14 rated D-line, number 27 rated linebackers, number 18 DBs. They're solid on special teams. I think the Armstrong and A combination will be solid at the quarterback spot. They're sort of under the radar this year. They'll be picked in the middle of the ACC. I think they are they have a good chance of matching last year's eight-win total.
2: All right. all right. Very good. Uh, Phil Steele is with us. Uh, he's going to tell you all the details on how to get that. When, when the preview magazine is available in stores, you can get it online as well. Uh, this magazine is is amazing. But right now, let's keep previewing these teams and getting your two cents. You're very good. Too at picking teams that will surprise and things like that. UNC man, they will be they will be one to watch because of Drake May's presence. But their season will be determined right by the by everybody around him. What? How good UNC in your opinion?
3: You know, and you go back to last year with North Carolina. They went 9-1, and one, and unfortunately, they clinched the ACC at that point and then sort of maybe took, took a little breath and lost a couple of games late in the year, which it didn't matter because they were going to the ACC title game, then lost the ACC title game. I thought the depleted roster that they put on the field against Oregon played extremely well, and they only lost that game by a point. Uh, I do think that... Um, uh, Drake May has got a very good supporting cast. You look at the running backs, uh, they've got a ton in the backfield. They've got Hampton, Green, Brooks. The receiving core looks solid, the offensive line, and defensively they're going to be better. Remember, they started out the season very poorly on defense last year but played pretty well in the ACC play, and I think this will be Mac Brown's best defense he's put on the field yet. So if anybody's going to break through that Clemson, Florida State uh, thing at the top of the ACC, I think North Carolina's the team. They don't face Florida State. And the only two games I have an underdog is at Pitt and at Clemson. So they could have a pretty good year, and uh, they've got a good shot at getting the ACC title game.
4: Phil, in year one under Mike Elko's reign at Duke, they win nine games, set a pretty high standard. They bring most of their team back in Durham. What's your expectation for year two Mike Elko and the Duke Blue Devils?
3: First of all, what an amazing job Mike Elko did last year. I mean, the the over-under win total for Duke was 3.5, and and he gets to 9. That's uh, almost unheard of. Uh, Just just remarkable. Ten starters back on offense. And how about Riley Leonard? Nobody knew who Riley Leonard was, and he showed he's a dangerous runner, dangerous passer. Uh, They've got a very deep set of running backs. They've got eight starters back on defense. Now, this Duke squad is better than last year, but they're not going to match last year. Year's nine win total why is that well they have a much tougher schedule in fact last year they only faced four teams that had a winning record this year it's just a brutal schedule i rated number 22 in the country opens up with clemson they've got notre dame they've got to go at florida state at north carolina i don't think they matched last year's nine win total but the over under win total is now six and a half on duke and i'm going to bet on mike elko to top that six and a half win total this year so a better team a little bit weaker of a record but this is not uh not the Duke team that you used to pick for last every year in the ACC.
2: Yeah, that's what we've been talking about, Bone. You've been saying that the team will be better, but the schedule could yeah. maybe you know yeah. keep that record to a certain level. But I like it. I like those thoughts on the Blue Devils, uh, Phil. Let's stay in the ACC and let's stay on Tobacco Road. Wake Forest is one. You know they lose Sam Hartman, they lose At Perry, but they still got Dave Clawson. Like that man just. I, I'm convinced he could put T Bone, my partner in crime, here at quarterback, and they would put up numbers. What do you think? Don't have to research my stats here, please. <laughs> what do you think? Wake. Do- what do you think Wake does this year?
3: Well, I, I think they do what they they always do under Dave Claussen and that is uh, finish higher than I expect. Because uh, <laughs> if you go back into the history of, of Dave Klaassen, I've talked to him. Uh, I, he's been a, a head coach since he's been at Bowling Green in, in 2009, and every year I pick his team low, and every year he finishes above my expectations. And and this year, if you look at the team on paper, I mean, you do lose Hartman. Uh, it's an inexperienced squad, only five starters back on offense, only six on defense. They did not hit the transfer portal hard so you know you're thinking okay they're going to take a big step back but every year when i talk to clausen uh the first thing he just says is uh you're gonna pick us low again phil Ben <laughs> every year they finish ahead of where i pick so i've got to pick eighth in the acc the one thing you can be assured of is they'll finish better than that this year
4: <laughs> phil locally in the sec the game cox year two under shane beamer Uh, They finished with a bang with a dominant win over Tennessee, and then they beat Clemson and and played Notre Dame well in, in the bowl game. Can they carry that momentum that they had last year into this year down in Columbia?
3: Yeah, I, I think the way they pl- finished last year. I mean, they were 6-4, and four, but you had Tennessee and Clemson on deck. So you're thinking, okay, you're going to finish 6-6 six and six on the year. And then they knocked both Tennessee and Clemson out of the playoff. If they—if Tennessee or Clemson had beaten South Carolina, they would have made the playoff last year. So just remarkable. And the big thing was the turnaround of Spencer Rattler. And I think with Rattler and with an experienced backup in Luke Doty, they're solid in that area. Offensive line is a little bit of a question mark. Uh, they've got to replace a lot of production from last year. but defensively look good, and of course where they won their games last year, special teams. They still have Pete Lumbo back as special teams coordinator, and you know Shane Beamer always puts an emphasis on that. Uh, When I look at South Carolina, they get Florida at home, They get Kentucky at home, and I think that's huge. I bring them the third-best team in the East this year, and uh, I think it's another good year for Shane Beamer, and I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years in South Carolina where I think they can become an SEC East contender. Probably a year away from that, but I think a very solid year.
2: Definitely on the rise. Phil Steele is with us. A lot of people are asking about his preview magazine. It is available digital copy in a couple of minutes here. We're going to ask him to give us the whole layout on availability of the print version and and the digital copy because it is it is really the gospel of preseason college football. Phil, let's move now to stay in the Carolinas here locally, but let's move to the non power five. That's the beautiful thing. The information you have. On non-power five schools compared to other magazines and stuff, it's just it's it just blows them away. Let's talk about Charlotte. Their head coach made some waves. Biff Pogey on this station on her afternoon show with Kyle Bailey yesterday. One of the things he said is he believes so much in the talent they brought in in the portal and stuff. He says if they don't win in year one, they can go ahead and fire them. That they they, they should just go ahead and fire them. <laughs> I I don't I don't know if you think that's a little bold. I know a lot of people don't expect a ton out of Charlotte. They did add a ton of talent, though, in the portal. What What do you think of this Charlotte team?
3: You know, I, I do the magazine in a three-right-through process. The first one is the postseason. And if my postseason write-up of Charlotte was, hey, they were really bad last year in their conference now they're taking a step up in conference level good luck can this team even win a game this year then the second right through is the spring where we get some portal things and the third is after talking to the coach <laughs> and you know when I talked to coach pogey uh going over the squad with them he said exactly what you guys were saying which is uh, basically he's too old to go through a rebuilding yes. thing he wants to win and win now and uh, 22 power 5 transfers have come on the roster so you know the over under win total when i talk to him at that time was two and a half it's up to three and a half i'm going over on this one i think charlotte's going to be much more competitive than i thought originally uh i, I don't i don't think it's going to be tough to get to a bowl game they've got a fairly tough schedule for their talent level but uh, i I tell you what coach is a guy that uh, knows how to win has brought in a lot of talent and i think charlotte's going to be a lot better than last year's squad and a lot better than most people expect this year
4: Phil, compared to what we've seen from App State the last decade plus or so, little slippage with the program. How big of a year is this for Sean Clark and the Mountaineers?
5: I think it's a
3: big year, and you know when I talked to Coach Clark and went over the squad with them, he said, uh, you know, if there's any coach that's going to go through this, it should be me because I'm going to get them back there, and I think he will get them back there. They were just six and six last year, which is almost unthinkable when it comes to App State. It's been since 2013 since they won uh, le- less than seven games. Uh, they've got seven starters back on offense. Uh, I think they're, you know, they have to replace their quarterback, but I think they'll do okay there. You're going to see more quarterback runs this year than you did last year. It's going to get back to App State football, where they run the quarterback, and defensively, that look pretty good. And when I look at their schedule this year, I only have an underdog against North Carolina, a slight underdog at Wyoming, and a slight underdog against James Madison. I've got them winning the SBC East, getting back to the Sun Belt title game, and I think App State fans are going to be a lot happier this year.
2: All right, let's let's uh, let's make sure ECU gets involved in the mix. Mike Houston, they do lose. Holt Naylor's a quarterback. But it feels like Mike Houston has some momentum there. What do you think of ECU this season?
3: Yeah, and I like Mason Garcia. He's a guy that's six five. He's two fifty. He's got uh, all every physical gift you want. He's got the experience. Unlike most backup quarterbacks, he didn't vault go someplace else. He stuck around. He knows the uh, program, and he's got the best arm on the team. And he had a really good spring. Houston's doing a great job developing this squad. What the squad he took over in 2019, I thought he did good getting them to four and eight. Got them back up to eight and five last year. It looks like a little bit of a rebuilding year because they only have four starters back on offense six on defense i don't know if they're going to be able to get to last year's eight win total and you know continue their progression they've gone from three to seven to eight wins but i do think they get back to a bowl game this year and i think next year when east carolina's uh, got more overall returning experience they do get back past that eight win level so it's one where i'm looking for the pirates to be very successful next year good enough this year
4: Phil, real quick before we let you go, Coastal Carolina, they lose Jamie Chadwell to Liberty. Are you you expecting Coastal to sort of maintain who they were or are they going to drop off a little bit?
3: I do think they'll drop off a little bit, but they still got uh, that guy at quarterback, Grayson McCall. Yes. He knows how to win. Uh, they've got the running backs. And i tell you what, Coach Beck, when I talked to him, going over the squad with them, he's pretty happy with the talent that he's, he's got there. So I think uh, Coastal will have a, a good year. I've got them tied for third in the East, which is not what Coastal expects after the last couple of years, 11-11 and nine wins. But I still think they will have a very good year this year uh, for the Chanticleers, as long as they can keep uh, Grayson McCall. Healthy, and as you recall, last year uh, it hurt when McCall was out of the lineup definitely. Oh, definitely. There's a big difference.
2: Uh, he is Phil Steele, ladies and gentlemen. That is a comprehensive Woo, you is- know, preview of all the D1 teams here in the Carolinas. You can get a extremely comprehensive preview of every dang team in the nation in his magazine. So, Phil, give us the details. Like, I know people that pre-ordered, I know they've already been posted on Twitter pictures of their copies. I've been jealous seeing their Phil Steele preview magazines. Uh, what's the deal with it in terms of availability in stores uh, or ordering online, and then what's the deal with the the digital copy as well? Tell us all we need to know.
3: I appreciate that very much. Uh, Yeah, the magazine's out there, 352 pages, and, you know, not a lot of big pictures and ads. It's just information on top of information. It's like getting 133 media guides rolled into one. It's available at Barnes & Noble this year. So if you have Barnes & Noble in the area, and I know there's plenty of them there in North Carolina, the magazine is there. we got two different covers in each of the stores there. So you get to choose your choice of covers. And they're out right now. So head out to your Barnes & Noble. Uh, if there is a Books-A-Million, they're there. But Barnes & Noble are the only two locations they're going to be this year, Barnes & Noble and Books-A-Million. So head out there, get them, and you'll have them today If you like, and you talked about the digital version, we do update the digital version all the way through September. So if somebody leaves, we'll circle them. If if somebody's added, we'll put them in there. Uh, If you go and purchase the magazine through our office at philsteel.com, we give you the digital magazine for free along with it. So it's your choice. Barnes & Noble has them right now, and I guarantee you once you get it, there's over a million words and stats in that uh, magazine. It's uh, just information on top of information.
2: It's amazing, man. We love it, and we love talking to you to kick off kind of our summer of college football chatter on the show. Best of luck with the magazine. As always, keep up the good work, Phil. We appreciate you.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Always enjoy our conversations. A lot of fun this morning. Listen to
1: Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home
6: of the Charlotte Sports fan.
1: Sports radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show.
7: All right, let's go to the Biff Pogey interview yesterday because it was a doozy. Um, and right off the bat, Fitty, you called him or he called you, whatever. I know you patched him through and Kyle introduced him and immediately was like, hey, can we have some money? <laughs> yeah. Can we get some money, Charlotte 49er fan base? Hey, I'll play it for you. Here's Charlotte 49er head football coach getting you ready for the off season. Kyle introduces him, and, well, he comes right out of the gate talking about a complaint he has where his program is right now.
8: I mean, if there's one thing that I I would gripe uh, about, it would be we need more support from the Charlotte community financially. I mean, that's really hard to get guys to write checks, and, uh, and that's actually starting to uh, – Ruffle my Italian
7: feathers, so. All right. <laughs> I love that he was <laughs> distinct in ruffling his Italian feathers. Does that hit different? We can ask Floundy, too, about this, both him being Italian and his father, apparently, having Italian feathers that can be ruffled rather easily. Are Italian feathers ruffled a little more easy than other types of feathers? I did want to get to the other soundbite, too. Just go back to back here, Fiddy. Here he is continuing to explain the financial shortcomings of the program right now.
8: Our operating budget is somewhere around five million dollars short of the last team, um, the lowest team in American Conference, mm-hmm. and that's substantial. And then, then you need you know we need that operating budget to pay coaches, to pay staff, to uh, improve our operations, um, and and then we need NIL money to attract and retain players. We got a really good roster. We don't get some NIL money in here. What's going to happen is people are going to uh, poach players off our roster. And and that's just what the landscape is. That's not whether I like it or don't like it. It is a fact.
7: All right. So this thing actually continued on even after Biff was done. Because, of course, this is the type of story that is going to get some traction. Because here's Biff Pogey actively complaining asking for people to contribute to the program financially. And Agent 49, a great source, probably the source you first think of when you want to go to anything for Charlotte 49ers information, Agent 49 at underscore Agent 49 on Twitter, quote tweeted the soundbite in the interview that us, WFNZ, tweeted out for the Kyle Bailey Show. And Agent 49 said this, Biff Pogey likely ruffled some feathers today on WFNZ. This is a phrase, man. We're going to continue to run with that. He also said, Biff Pogey's not wrong. If we want to expand, increase resources, et cetera, it takes money. Do people think UCF, Houston, and Cincy, they all got to this level without community support? Of course they did not. If you listened to that interview and it upset you, so be it. Donate what you're able to, $5 or 5,000. I believe he's talking more about the business, corporations, and movers and shakers in Charlotte. If you want major college football in Charlotte, it doesn't just happen. It takes commitment from the community as a whole. All right. So there's Agent 49 defending Biff. I don't have that incorrectly, right? Like Agent 49, in that initial quote tweet, is defending Biff Pogey for this. Where you might feel... A little insulted if you're a Charlotte 49er fan or a part of the community. But here's the guy, Agent 49, defending the head coach. Agent 49 follows it up with this. I'm also not sure about the $5 million less from an operating budget and where that comes from. Charlotte was in line with Conference USA programs that are moving up to the AAC in expenditures. Clearly, we're behind in incumbent ACC programs. We aren't getting a full TV share starting July 1st. So that's an area you have to grow resources to make up that shortfall. Best way to do that, winning football and men's basketball. Cool. Just kind of covering his bases. Just giving you some details, trying to be as transparent as possible. Doesn't seem like Biff really reads the first tweet defending the comments of what he said on the Kyle Bailey show. And this is what Biff says. Biff goes on and quote tweets agent 49's uh, comment about the $5 million. And then he says, you are wrong. Don't speak on what you don't know. This is part of the problem. Apologies for mediocrity. Do your research. Shaw 49 fans didn't like it fitting. They came to the, to the defense of agent 49 on all of this. And then, within the last hour, by the way, on Twitter, yep, just reading a whole bunch of tweets. I just want to make it clear for everyone what the situation is. Just within the last hour, Biff apologized. He said, let me be clear, I have zero issues with our fans. We need you all, and you have been awesome. I actually love Agent 49. He's a great supporter. My response was wrong and too harsh. I apologize to him. I would like to have him come by and see what numbers I'm working from. It just felt like a battle that didn't need to be picked in the first place, Fitty, and certainly did not need to be picked publicly. I mean, this is someone defending you on the initial tweet. And honestly, at least from what we're dealing with in a public standpoint, what Agent 49 said wasn't wrong. And then Biff immediately comes out and boom, nope, you're wrong. You should apologize. This is the problem. It's just not a great look. What did you have to say about, one, you got the initial reaction here because you were on the air when he was saying it. What did you think of the initial comment and what do you make of the fallout and the apology afterwards?
9: Yeah, I mean, I've listened to coaches, press conference interviews and the whatnot for well over 15 years of my life. I've never heard anything like that because like it came across with a preset agenda. Okay, I'm coming on this radio show, and I'm going to make it known. Well, and just give context
7: real quickly. How soon was it after the introduction, Body Works Plus guest hotline, thanks for
9: joining us? That was the end of his first answer. So we were not (laughs) even a a minute and a half into the actual interview, and, and that was what was being dropped. Yeah. And what was funny, like, you know, I'll bring guys into the studio. Kyle's interviewing. I'm over here doing the producer type of thing, but I can still hear what's going on over the air in my ear. And I hear that answer and I just look and Kyle and I like lock eyes because we were like, this is about to be a different interview.
7: Isn't that great radio energy when you have something and then in the final seconds of realizing what's happening? All right, let's run with it.
9: Yeah. and, And so it was one of those things. But this follows a pattern because I've heard every time Biff's been on the station, he's been on three times with Mac and Bone, one time now with Kyle The first time with with Mac, he had everybody running through a brick wall for Charlotte 49ers football. The second time, there was still some excitement, but there was a little bit disgruntledness and and a few answers. He came on in the spring, and it was was like the guy didn't want to do it. It was like he was being forced to do the interview. Then he comes on yesterday, and he's just blasting the community. And I think we found out why, because he realized that there's not the money here that I think he thought was going to be here when he took the job. And, and I, it, you know, there's a lot of pushback is you're never going to be number one, even in, in the city. Like Carolina, Duke, Clemson, South Carolina are going to have a larger presence because Charlotte's been playing football for a decade. Well, look, it's going to be tough to
7: compete with Power 5 programs, okay? I don't think what Charlotte 49er fans are asking for is to get us on a level in which North Carolina is operating with all their NIL money. Mac Brown is the head coach and their facilities, even with NC state, whatever you want to bring to the table, you just want to be bowl eligible every year. In the short term and try to build off that in the long term. That's a reasonable request. Mm -hmm. It's extremely reasonable. So I don't want to go too far and say you'll never be North Carolina. Quite frankly, nobody's asking them to be North Carolina. You're just trying to be bowl eligible at this point. But it comes across badly when you have a guy that gets so defensive after one tweet defending you from the guy that is so informative for all these 49er fans. The second tweet where he's actually just trying to be transparent, you get so defensive that you say he needs to apologize. This is this is the thing about Will Healy. Okay, when you fired Will Healy, it was because he was not good at winning enough football games. And that ultimately is the thing you have to do if you are a head coach in any program, at any program, regarding any sport. But Will was great with the fans. Will was great with the media. In fact, there were some people questioning, should he have practice as open as he does? Like, could another team just send some dude on the staff in a ball cap and watch what you're working on? But Will Healy was open. And he had a great relationship with everyone. When you bring in Biff Pogey, you don't have to be as open as Will Healy. But so often when you get a new guy, you go for the 180 degree turn on someone and you say, all right, we got to get somebody the exact opposite of Will Healy. The exact opposite. We've had Hunter Bailey in here a lot. Has covered the Charlotte forty 49ers as well as anyone over the last three years or so, however long it's been. And he's telling you, yeah, Biff Pogey, he ain't Will. Very, very different in age, in demeanor, in media access. And I don't know about financially, but it wasn't Will Healy working in Wall Street. <laughs> so, speaking of finances, Biff Poggi actually was okay himself coming over and taking care and taking this job. He's done a great job at recruiting. Yep. I mean, you've heard me talk about Will Healy was the guy that was a poster boy for the philosophy of recruiting. But didn't actually deliver on a lot of that. Biff Pogey's out here getting dudes left and right. I mean, They just got a three-star commit at the running back position that got an offer from Florida. This is something that is commonplace, at least in the short term of when he's been the head coach. He's trying to hoard all that talent, though. And he wants finances to do it. And I do want him to have a better relationship, especially when you haven't coached a game yet. I do want that better relationship. You know me, Wes, we're all fans. It seems like what you can take care of, having not coached a game yet, he is checking those boxes off right now. Yeah. But having a good relationship matters to me, Fitty. especially when you haven't won a whole lot. And so now fans are tweeting back at Biff saying, yo, this is off base. Don't come out of Agent 49. He's our guy. And also just because of the facts that they can see. If Biff has numbers – that we don't have access to, which isn't far-fetched. He's in the system, cool, okay? Like, that's fine. Put to chastise someone for the information that they have and then to put it out there in the public sphere That is the thing that I'm not sure I quite understand on his part. So, okay, yeah, this is the cycle, right? This is the chicken and the egg. Does it take resources to win football games or does it take football games, winning football games, to get the resources? The reality is, is that it's both. And so if you can have everybody do their part within an understanding – The fact that more resources will come once you get more fans, once you get people more excited about the product, and then the money will start coming in a little bit more. But, yeah, this is the job that comes with trying to turn around a football program. Sorry. Like, this is why – you understand this is why there's an opening in the first place (laughs) because you weren't winning football games. It's okay to ask for more money from the fan base. That's fine. Like, hey, man, we want everybody to come out and support the team. We want you to support these student athletes. We want you to come out. It's going to be a great time. You know, I'll be there shaking hands. Come by and say what's up. I'd love to meet you. But no, that's not what he's doing. He's going on a radio show, and he's then chastising people for trying to reveal the information that they have afterwards. That's the weird part about all this, buddy.
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... To be honest, it's 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 a it's a learning point for him as a first time head coach at the college level, because like it's 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 not going to work. And it's it's really just it's really just arrogant to think that upon your hiring and look with what you've done, you know, what what he did in the high school ranks. We, we know about that. He gets credited a lot for helping Michigan become the program that they've been the last couple of years under Jim Harbaugh. But that didn't mean because Charlotte hired you all of a sudden this money was going to come in. That's still going to take time because people aren't going to donate and then you go 3 and 9 or 4 and 8 because they're going to feel like they that that it was it was it, it was a waste of money. And and I see I see where he's coming from, because if you want to win, you've got to have an endless supply of money to whatever that that degree is. I see with my football program, when Mac Brown got hired, all of a sudden there was money to redo the locker room and do all these upgrades to the stadium and stuff like that. And it still hasn't translated to that much on-field success. So even if you have the money, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win. I believe if he puts a winning product on the field, I think the money will be there.
7: 100%. 100%. I totally agree with that. And and I want to be fair here too because again we've talked about this I really like the hire everything he's needed to take care of in the time that he's been the head coach anything you can do recruit he's done all of that he's still getting some really talented players to commit to this program and he did apologize I read you the first tweet he would continue on he'd say it will make total sense and I welcome that he can help get the story out my issue is with the quote big shots in Charlotte who say they want a great D1 power six program but don't support us lots of talk but only four guys have stepped up It needs to be called out, and I will continue to do so. They live and thrive in this. Last one, I think this is a great team, and it's in Charlotte's interest. I will always be a force advocate for our players and program. No backing down. Signs it off with Coach. And so there you go. That's what you have from uh, Biff Pogey discussing – Yesterday, on the Kyle Bailey Show, you can find that interview on his web- on the website, wfnz.com. Just go find it, and you can click on the Kyle Bailey tab and the Wes and Walker tab.
1: You can hear Wes and Walker, live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked, because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte
0: Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Former second round earlier this afternoon on the Ohio Kyle State Bailey Show.
10: And the head coach of the Campbell Fighting Camels. He was an Ironman here in the black and blue in Charlotte. We got Mike Mentor with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, I appreciate the time. Brother, how you been?
5: I'm doing good, man. How are you?
10: Good, good. How different are these kids you're recruiting these days, these Gen Zers? It's a different crop than what we grew up with.
5: Oh, absolutely, man. Um it's, it's, really, it's really amazing because of the, I believe, the attention spans It's not as great, right? So we could sit there and listen to a coach talk for two, three, four hours, and now, man, you get two or three, four minutes. And so these are the type of things that you have to do as a coach when you're going in and recruiting these kids is that you have to have your pitch, and it has to be, you know, concise. It has to be simple and to the point.
10: Yeah. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. All right. So speaking of recruiting and program building and all that, I want to make it abundantly clear to you that I do not expect you to share an opinion on another program here, but I had Biff Pogey on from the Charlotte 49ers yesterday and he made headlines all over the place and got a lot of people fired up because he came on here and said that, you know, he was disappointed in the Charlotte community hadn't coached a game yet, but said he was disappointed in the Charlotte community because he couldn't find the financial backing that he needs for the program. And people around here got to break out their checkbooks if they want to build a winner and keep a winner, and you know, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective out there at Campbell. You know, how much do, do you need a certain level of money to fuel success in college football these days, especially you know, given the way that things have changed on the NIL front.
5: Well, you know, everything is built around money. So any sport team you look at, if you talk about professional sports, and college football, to high school sports, you got to have people pour money into your program. But that's the only way that you can go out there and recruit these type of kids. Because now a kid, instead of having five visits, a kid can now have unlimited visits with all the schools. And so it's going to be kids taking trips and you got to be one of the dudes at the table, trying to get them to your program that costs money. It costs money to fly different people, different places to try to get to those kids. And because of that, that's why every coach is, you know, crying for money. Help us out. Give us this. Now, on top of that, guys, you got NIL, okay? And so now you got deals on the table for these kids that you got to compete with too. So now it's just not facilities. It's not just your program and what you have to offer. Now you got to have some money at the table at the same time. And so I can see where you know these group of five fbs program now we don't run through that as much because we fcs we don't run into the nil stuff as much but it's coming
10: oh yeah no it's definitely coming and and so speaking of campbell you take over in 2013 you're in the pioneer league back then all the way through 2017 you hit the big south for a couple of years you go independent for a year in 2020 you're back in the big south now you're in the CAA. and I, I know there's context in the story here, but I'm going to let you tell it. If I look at, you know, just Mike Mentor's year over year win loss record, a lot of five and five, six and five, you know, that, that sort of stuff in there. But what's the story of Mike Campbell's 10 years at, at Campbell Football and the growth of the program?
5: Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, first of all, it's been three different jobs. Well, let me say four, because the first job is we're a non scholarship football program. Even though we're competing at a D1 level, we are operating at a D3 level, which means that you don't give scholarships for athletes to come play for you. So for the first five years, what I got to do is I I have to come in and build some momentum around the program. Now, I could have came in and said, okay, you know what? All I want to do is just win and just get my win total up so I can leave." But that's not what I was about. I wanted to build a program. I wanted to take the worst football program, and I wanted to build it over time. And I knew it was going to take time, and I knew it was going to be ugly when you look at my record. So what was I doing? I was playing money games. I was playing games that can get us um, notoriety, so we can get out of the Pioneer League so we can raise enough money so we can go scholarship. So in year six, um, I was able to do that. So it's not many teams that can take their team from a non-scholarship to a scholarship program, um, like that. Okay. So now we're in the big South and now we can go get scholarships. So in 20, um, 2019, I get out there for the first time, but I got to tell everybody I got money now. They've been used to Mike Minner coming in saying, Hey, I need academics. (laughs) I need a dude who can pay money. Right. And it's not a lot of kids and, Um, in this area that can pay $50,000 a year to come play football for me. So uh, that's what you're dealing with. So, okay, 2019, uh, first year in recruiting, and then all of a sudden, boom, COVID hit. So we don't get to go out in 20, and we don't get to go out in 21. Okay? So in 20, what did I do? I went out and played four FBS um, programs. Why? Because we were going to be on ESPN. Here's the other thing. That's four losses. I knew I was going to get. So all, all the time I'm playing the upper um, upper level teams to try to get the you know the popularity of what we at. Now did it pay off? Of course it did because in 21, I mean in 22 when we was able to come back, we get the number one recruiting class. In 23 we get the number one recruiting class. So all those things and all these losses that I'm taken because I'm playing FBS opponents. I'm playing when we were um, non-scholarship. I was playing scholarship team to go ahead and get the pub up of my program, and I knew it was going to be a long process of building it. and And now, again, two years of being number one in recruiting. Now you're starting to see what Campbell football is going to look like under Mike Mentor in the in the um, ram of what we're doing. And by the way, we're going into I believe the hardest conference in FCS football, yep. which is the CAA. So what team do you, do you know that can go from non-scholarship to scholarship, play on ESPN four weeks in a row, and then now go into the toughest FCS conference, and you not winning. It's because of what they see the program can bring to the table. And now in 23, We'll get a chance to show the world what we're we really
10: are, I, And that's why I wanted you to tell the story. And it's, it's also personal for me, too. My brother's a Division II college baseball coach at an HBCU. They'd never had a winning season until he took over. And, you know, watching him to, to build the, the program at a place where baseball's never been a priority, it speaks to a lot of the same issues that you have. And that's why I wanted you to tell it, because there's a story there that a lot of people don't know. And that, that conference you're moving into... Um, you know, with Elon, <laughs> with Maine, with New Hampshire, with Rhode Island, with Richmond, the team that, I mean, has so much football pedigree, um, and William and Mary, too. I mean, this is going to be yeah. a lot of fun to watch you guys play. So it sounds to me like even going into a very tough, probably the toughest F- FCS conference in America, you like the team you've got coming back this year.
5: Well, I have to, you know, and one of the things that cow that, that I was looking at was, okay, I got to change my roster. And so I flipped my roster, 75% of my roster is different. Because coming from the Big South, going into the CAA, that's a you know that's like um, you know leaving the American League, um, going up to the uh, freaking SEC. It, it's real football, right? Every week, week in and week out, they sent five teams to the playoffs last year, five, and they had number six, and it was the first, it was the last one out, okay, in in Rhode Island. So this is a this is a um, conference that that you're going to have to fight. So I knew I got to get better. I can't go in there with that. And so what did we do when we got about 25 um, transfers drop down? Um, and then we got about 23, um, you know, three-star, four-star kids from high school. And, and what do I have to do? I have to make them become a team in about three months. Okay? So this is what we've been dealing with so we can get – Ready for the CAA and try to be competitive. The team that won the Big South, which was Marmad in 2019, they went into the CAA last year. I should say in um, 2021, and went into the CAA last year. Wow, they only won three games. Yeah. Okay. So, so this this thing is real, man. And and uh, we know we got our work cut out for us in year one in the CAA. But again, I'm I'm building for this program to be sustainable so we can run on them championships that I, I wanted to do since I got here. And, and, you know, so I think year one will be a great test of what we did as far as flipping our loss and getting it ready for the CAA.
10: I love it. Mike Mentor, head football coach of the Campbell Fighting Camels and a former second-round pick by the Carolina Panthers, Nebraska Cornhusker, faithful and favorite. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, Panthers, you know i got to talk Panthers with you real quick. Um, yeah. There's a lot of excitement in this city, Mike. You got Bryce Young coming in, number one overall pick. Frank Reich is back, the man who threw the very first touchdown in franchise history, as you know. Uh, they brought Dom Capers back. They spent a lot of money on the coaching staff. What do you think about this group going into year one with a rookie quarterback?
5: Well, first of all, anytime you bring a man Dom Capers back, again, he's the guy who drafted me, so um, you bring a lot of wisdom back into the building who understand the franchise, who understand what's going on. Okay, Then Frank Reich, who knows the quarterback position as a head coach, you cannot get any better in in the national football league because it's about that quarterback. You must have a guy that can develop that quarterback and you have that in coach uh, uh, Frank Wright. And and on top of that, he understands how to build tough people because why he was that guy. He was the guy that, that throughout his career, he was never like the main guy, but he was always, when you call his name and you call his number, he's going to step up and he's going to make um, some big time plays. And when you have that in the building, you begin to now change it. And you get the number one pick in the um, with the quarterback and Bryce Young. Now you're talking about an uh, organization that is on the rise because you got a head coach that understands how to coach and lead and grow the number one pick, which is your quarterback. and. Man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to see these guys um, back in action uh, with with somebody like Frank Wright leading to him, the Panthers. I promise you, we'll be talked about in about year two. Yeah, we'll be that team that came out of nowhere um, going to the Super Bowl again.
10: Yep, and the last thing I got to ask you, though, is that there's a guy who's not so popular around here anymore, but uh, he's now running your, your alma mater, where I think, he, I think he's going to have success, personally. Uh, Matt, Matt Rule is anything but a fan favorite here. I hear you chuckling on the phone line. You know what I'm talking about. Um, he, he's not exactly a fan favorite around these parts anymore, but I think he's back in college football where he belongs. I actually think he's going to win at Nebraska. Uh, what are you hearing from your folks out there, and what do you expect from Matt Rule in uh, Lincoln? Hey, Matt Rule is a is, uh, top-knock guy.
5: He just again, when you come into the National Football League, man, it's a lot going on. And, and if you don't surround yourself with people like a Dom Capers, man, it's going to eat you up. And I think that's what happened with Matt Rule. If they came in, trying to build a program like he was doing it in college, you don't have that time in the National Football League. You got to get it done today and um, not tomorrow. Now you go to college. And that's where he belongs because, why, he's a program builder. He's a man builder, and that's what he does, and that's what he's going to bring to Nebraska because that's what we need. We need that guy to understand how to build programs, how to build systems that develop young people from the time they come into the door to the time they leave the university. That's what Coach Osborne, my coach, was all about, and that's what made Nebraska Nebraska. We didn't do it because we was getting the top recruits. We was doing it because we was developing people, and by year three, year four, these guys that was not highly recruited uh, when they came out of school was developed as grown men. They was tough, all right, they were smart, we were physical, and we were fast. And that's what we have um, in Matt Rule. And, and you can see it now. Look at his recruiting class. Right now in 24, all of them commits that he got for 24, we already have changed the perception of Nebraska in the national realm of how we recruit right now. So Matt Rule's going to do a heck of a job there. you
1: tune tuned in to Instant Replay. When the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.